I do need to make a quick correction. I think I said that the Eagles still have Miles Sanders, and I meant to say Rashad Penny, who's the, who they signed in the offseason. Miles Sanders was there, obviously, now with the Panthers. It was bugging me during the break that I, I misspoke. I meant Penny. I was thinking of Penny, and I said Sanders because he was the guy who obviously previously was with the Panthers. Still, though, the point remains. Trey Sermon could be available. Wouldn't hate it as a third-string running back. Guardians down one nothing to Detroit over at Progressive. Keeping an eye on that one for you. We'll certainly reflect on it once it wraps up over there. But in the meantime, it's time for us to look back on today's shows and deliver with you, deliver to you another edition of the Fan Focus. All righty. First up, we go to the morning show. Ken and Lima talking about a a, uh, marathon of a day that is due up on the calendar coming up this fall. For the Cleveland sports fan. The Cavs schedule came out yesterday. The Browns on November 19th. They have a home game at 1 p.m. Against who? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Be there, be square. Probably the teams are going to be fighting for playoff positioning. That's what we assume. And we'll see what happens with that by the time it gets to that. But uh, I think it's going to be a big game for everybody. Then at 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. tip-off, the Cavs host the Denver Nuggets, the defending NBA champion Denver Nuggets. And I was thinking, wow, this is going to be, like, people are going to be running red. You'll be on on fumes that Monday morning. Oh, yeah. If you're tra- going to try to go to both games, which definitely there's going to oh, be fans who do. There's a big portion of the fan base that, that's able to afford because you know those tickets are going to be more expensive. Yeah, but I'm that even, can do both of those. I'm thinking even like the 537 boys, like they would sit up in what – they don't have a Loddville anymore, right? That's a Budweiser You just stand up there. Thing. Okay. So you got the 537 boys, so they're going to be up in 537 for the Browns game, of course. Get loud, getting rowdy, having a good time. You know, certainly within the boundaries of – of, of proper society, but still getting loud, getting rowdy, being the 537 boys. And then they leave Section 537. They go back up over the bridge. Not the land bridge, at least not yet. No, no land bridge. And then they like go on the hole. up to the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. No, no. Then they go to the bars. Oh. Well, because there's other football. The there's game, other football the you have to watch. The game ends at four. You only have a little bit of time to get up there. got to oh, get it it's in. It's a long walk. You, you, can sneak, you can sneak a run in at the bar. That is a hell of a day. For Cleveland fans to soak in their sport, their favorite sports teams, uh, I would sign up for it. Two one six four seven four double ninety two throughout the rest of the night. Would you sign up to? Would you? Are you going to try to pull off the feat of going to see Brown Steelers at one that day on November nineteenth, and then go catch the Cavs versus the defending champ Nuggets at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse? I think it is a worthy feat if you can pull it off and you're financially soluble enough to be able to do something like that. I love the idea. I think it's a fun day that we have to look forward to. Now, the thing that Ken Ken was – they're talking about going to the bar in between and it being a long day and you're going to be groggy on Monday. The other thing you got to think about, that's the Monday leading into, I believe, leading into Thanksgiving. So you might get some people who just decide, you know what? I'm going to take off tomorrow. It's a short week anyway. I don't got a lot to do at work this week. I can just kind of coast to Thanksgiving break. I'm, I'm not at all talking about something that I would ever try to pull off. No, not me. 
Anybody from my place of employment is listening? No, never. I would never try to do something like that. I love going to work. I'm just saying. I think Ken is underestimating the week that follows as people aren't going to care about the grogginess. They're going to try to pull it off. And it's going to be a hell of a day if you do. All right. We go to Baskin. And it was Baskin and Menegan today. They talked about Bubba Ventrone and his decision-making process with the final roster decision-making and had an interesting comp to favorite Disney movie of mine. He's got Corey Bjorquez. He's got whoever. He's got Cade York, which I don't know if he wants or not. He's got Charlie Hewlett, won the toss again last night. Man, he's good. Uh, and so now he's got... Uh, I'm excited a, for when they take on the Vegas Raiders. So what do you think? They got four... He, uh, the special teams coach, uh, like uh, like Aladdin, he gets three wishes. He gets at least four wishes here, right? <laughs> he gets three or four guys that he gets to keep, and then they're like, okay, here's what I need you to do. Shuffle all the backups, and then that's what you got for the rest of everything else. First one, Robin Williams is truly a treasure. And, and that guy is sorely missed because Will Smith did fine with that role. I thought, well, I watched it again he a couple weeks ago. Fine, I thought Will Smith it, was pretty good. He did fine, but, I mean, the bar was so high with Robin Williams. He was through the roof in that movie. And it's not even like one of those, like, you, you look at it when you were a kid, because that came out right in the wheelhouse where I was younger and I loved Aladdin. Like, you even go back as an adult now when you have nieces and nephews and kids of your own and you watch that movie and you're like, Robin Williams was just unbelievable as the genie. Well, how much of it was ad lib? All of it. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's the Every amazing part of about that. Oh. I'm sure, and the funny thing on he top of it. He was such a treasure. I'm sure the animators had just went absolutely nuts after he got done and went, oh, yeah, we'll put that in. We can put this in. Hey, we'll put this reference what in What are here. we cutting hey, out? Hey, let's make yeah. him stand like this. Like, yeah. I'm sure they had their, their work cut out for him after Robin Williams was done. Kind of an obscure clip, but there's actually a lot to unpack here. First of all, I've kind of I've always wondered. Teams are always keeping a long snapper. And I understand, long snapping is an art form, but why have we never tried to invent or or create or mold like a hybrid player that can just be an offensive lineman for you and be a long snapper? Why isn't that a thing? I would have thought by now, with the way that these teams try to sort of circumvent the roster uh, uh, structure and you only get 53 players, somebody would have thought of the idea of like, hey, we need a guy that can play a position for us and be the long snapper. To save us an extra position. Just saying. And it's no offense to Charlie Hewitt. He's he's a great he's a great player, but uh I'm just wondering why that's not a thing in the NFL. Again, Charlie Hewlett, one of the best in the business. I just uh had that kind of cross my mind. Also, my ears perked up with this clip because on Sunday we did a sort of tongue in cheek fun top five Disney movies list. Um, and I have a soft spot in my heart for Aladdin. I think it's an underrated Disney movie that people don't talk about enough. Probably my favorite Disney movie. And I'll just say this. There's no top in Robin Williams, no. But Will Smith got critically underappreciated as the genie in the live-action version of that movie. He was great. I thought he was really, really good. I can't put him above Robin Williams because it's Robin Williams. But he was really, really good. In the live-action version. I actually love the live-action version, so there you go. And we move on to Afternoon Drive. The argument that ensued, I'll, I'll say this. When you listen to this clip, you'll catch it too. I don't know if I've ever heard Dustin get this fired up with Nick in the year-plus that they've worked together, and it was all because of Cade York. I'll be honest Robert. with you. I, I would have like rather him missed a couple of kicks and then hit the game winner. That's... 
That's crazy. Why is that crazy? Because that's recency bias. No, it's called under pressure. Can you hit the right kick? He's already made a game-winning kick in an NFL game. We know that he can do it. Once. Okay. And it was game one. So then so then, no defense of Cade York or no defense in, in not hysteric language. And just the sky is are, falling. Are, are, cut you, this are guy. you the only person in Cleveland that doesn't see this? No. no. Have I said do, that do, I think do, he's a do great you, kicker? Do you not think that Andrew Barry and his front office staff and Kevin Stefanski are sitting around today saying, what the hell are we going to do? How is How are we panicking more now than after the guy made no kicks in the preseason? We're, we're talking about the preseason. And the rest, by the way, the rest of the game went pretty damn good for him. And we can't even give the guy credit for his makes. So he can't do it. So what we should say is there's nothing Cade York can do right other than be perfect. Is that my understanding? Every kick has to be good enough to be from 10 Bro, yards it, extra. It's not about this particular preseason. It goes back to last year. Guys, there's still time. The sky is not falling. He just actually showed progress. And all that anybody wants to talk about is the one, two kicks he missed instead of the four it, kicks it, he it, actually made. If the Browns made. didn't draft this dude in the fourth round, he'd have been cut days ago. And they'd have a new kicker in here and we wouldn't even be thinking about if, it. If the Browns didn't draft this guy with a fourth round pick, people would not be as hard up about this guy missing Pre-season 1,000% because you don't draft kickers. That's what dumb people so, do. So that's what this is. This is all about... No. Let, let's just, no, let's no, just no, end Nick, the experiment. Do, no. Do not put words in my mouth. Dustin laying down the law a little bit with Nick. Like I said, I don't know if I've heard him that upset with Nick in the year plus that they've been working together here at the station. He was not having it. And I, and I take Dustin's side on this. I, I, again, I joked at the beginning of the show... I don't know if Nick actually believes everything he was saying today. I think it was kind of like, hey, it's a Friday. Let's have some fun. Let's rally against what everybody in Cleveland thinks and get some people calling in and getting upset. And they maybe played it up a little bit. But I think Dustin's right, man. I would have rather he made the game-winning kick. And it's funny how that works in the NFL. But I would have rather he made the game. Think about how we'd be talking about Cage York. If he had missed the early ones and we were saying we were concerned, but then he hit the game winner, we would be having a completely different conversation today. It would be, oh, well. He made it when it counted. Maybe some signs of progress. Instead, he missed that one. He did it the opposite way, and we're all hitting the panic button. To Nick's point, like, no, we shouldn't be panicking maybe more today, but I think it's just been the fact that it's been mounting. It was what we saw last year, the sample size, as Dustin alluded to. It's been the preseason this year, and then he missed more back-to-back to win the game last night. So it's just been this mounting thing of, of course, people are more mad now because he missed another kick. And lastly... We go back to the morning show, Ken and Lima, discussing whether or not alcohol should be present or is okay at Isabella's birthday party. So should there be booze at the one-year-old? Booze? Should there be booze? Is Kate York at a show? No. Oh. Oh, that's a terrible joke. Lord, what a you didn't like how show. you didn't like how You've quick that was. You've become a father. This quite it, Kenny well. didn't like how quick that was. Oh, it took God. him. It took him off guard. He didn't get it at first, and so now sucks. he's now he's criticizing because yeah. it, it sucks. You didn't get it. Sucks. I saw your face. You didn't understand what I was I even talking about. I can get it or about. not get it. Doesn't matter. It that sucks. was lightning quick. The joke sucks. Thank this could be much, her friend. first memory. Think about it. She hasn't remembered anything that's happened. We've we've cared and worried about so much of stuff she's never going to remember from this first year. I need a woman's opinion on it, though. Like, if I get a bunch of dudes in here, they're going to say, yeah, like, yeah, there should be liquor at the party. 
But I, I mean, you're, if it's your way, like, listen, I'll do what Sarah wants me to do, begrudgingly. Hey, it's her kid. It's her party. It's at, what, her parents' house? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have it there. All right. Like, got a nice field. There's a nice play area. There's a field in oh, the Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bernie the takes care of that. hills of Bernie's field. This is how you know you're in suburbia when you have people taking care of yards and areas that they don't even own. Might make a couple visits out to the car. I'll say this. First of all, alcohol absolutely allowed at a one-year-old's birthday party or most kids' birthday parties. And I'm grateful for the fact that that was near the top of the priority list for my wife when we celebrated my son's one-year birthday a couple months ago. She made a point in saying, what alcohol do we need? Let's make a list. We got the high noons out there. We got the beer out there. We got some other drinks out there. And we were having a hearty old time. What you, I, I, I've realized this in parenthood, and this is what other people have told me as well who have done more of the birthdays to this point because I've only done one. The parties kind of do become about the adults at, at some point for most of their, their young adult life. It's, yeah, you're, I shouldn't say they become about the adults. But the par- if you're going to be do- throwing this party and have all these other kids over at your house and all the noise and all this different stuff, the parents deserve a chance to indulge a little bit and be able to enjoy their presence at this party as well. So I think it's completely acceptable. And from a female perspective that Ken was looking for, my wife agreed because we did the exact same thing. All right, that'll do it for the fan focus. When we get back in just a few minutes here, my good friend, News Channel 5 Sports Director John Doss, who was in Philly last night, joins us to talk about the Cleveland Browns. Tell me your way next, right here on 92 to the Fan.